2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 has entered the podcast, that show about video games, pop culture, and friends catching up for the week. I am your co-host, Michael, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and with me, a special guest, my co-host, who decided to come in last minute, GP from Call It Like I Don't See It podcast. What up, people? GP, are you with me? Oh, yeah. Y'all, this ain't going nowhere. GP, are you with me? <laughs> <laughs> How you doing down there in Houston? Going well, going well. Hot, super hot, but going Ooh. well. I bet, man. I bet. So GP is with us today because Derek had some last minute things he had to take care of. So hopefully he'll be back next week. Thank you so much for super last minute, you know, deciding to show up and, and host. I appreciate that. No problem. No problem. Speaking of the heat, I actually mm -hmm. was able to escape it a little bit this week because I was out in New Jersey for a large portion of the week. Oh, New Jersey. Yeah, I had mentioned, I think it was on last week's episode, or maybe it was the week before, I think it was the week before that my uncle had recently passed away. So we went out there for the funeral. So it was a bit of a, a sad occasion, but he was such a cool, happy dude that mm -hmm. like all the people that were there to celebrate him, it was just such a joke. I've never been to a funeral that felt so much like just a get together of mm -hmm. people, like really cool, decent people. Like we had it at a, a restaurant slash bar. There was karaoke. People were singing in his memory. It was super cool. Yeah. It sounded like a nice guy. Yeah. No, no, he was a great man. And it was actually cool. I think it was like maybe 75 degrees there most days. Whereas back mm. here in India, it was hitting the nineties. <laughs> so mm. I escaped the heat a little bit. Uh, the seagulls did a number on our car though, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, Jersey was nice and I'm, I'm back in town and feeling good. And during my away time, I actually got a chance to catch up on Miss Marvel. You've been watching Miss Marvel, right? Oh yeah. I've been watching it. I have been watching it. What do you think so far? I, I You guys have been discussing it on the show, right? I'm like two episodes behind. AD's not watching it, but I have been keeping up. So we've been trying to tread off of too many Disney shows. Gotcha. Yeah, because you guys are talking about Obi-Wan a lot. I heard you talk about Obi-Wan. Yeah, The Boys and Obi-Wan right now. Okay. We'll um, catch up on that. Oh, well, this is your opportunity. I've seen Miss Marvel. What do you think? Uh, it's a pretty cool show. Yeah. For a teenage girl that I'm nothing as. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's pretty cool insight on her heritage. And for people that don't know anything about her, it's a good way to present her on the show in the MCU. Yeah, I really like the joke that they made in episode two about Karam. Uh, it was like Haram, Karam.com or something because he was mm -hmm. looking at uh, forbidden stuff on the internet. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's little stuff like that, like that if you know anything about the culture. Because before the show started, a lot of these terms I weren't familiar with. And I've been talking to friends and looking things up and like, you know, trying to get with it. But even mm -hmm. out of that context, like that cultural context... There is a lot about the show that's really relatable. And I thought, I said this on the show before. I think the casting for Miss Marvel was like perfect. I love this girl as Miss Marvel. She's great. Yeah, she's a good, as for this is like her first big break. Is it? In a role, I think. Is it? I mean, I don't recall seeing her in anything, but I also mm -hmm. didn't research to see what her career was prior to this. She is relatively young, so I wouldn't be surprised if this is her breakout role. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. But she's, yeah, she's nailing it. She really mm -hmm. is. She's extremely endearing. Because the thing is, it's hard. Especially, like you said, 
we are not teenage girls. Right, at all. (laughs) And so you're bridging the gap to things that we would find relatable or endearing. And she's doing such a good job in her and her family and like the family moments, like the big Hulk, little Hulk thing. Right. And some of the other moments. And then the show overall, usually I, I complain about this with Moon Knight. I get mad when I come to a comic book show and there's less comic book and more drama and story. Mm-hmm. And I was noticing that with like the bulk of episode two until the end, of course. But I was also, I'm just so invested in her as a person. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And seeing her succeed, I don't mind so much if they're light on the comic book stuff. And then when they go there, it's actually kind of exciting because you're more attached to the character, you know? Right. It's a lot of drama going on with her, with that little crest she has from her yeah, that family's bracelet. past. Yeah, I mm-hmm. wonder what's that all about. Yeah, it looks like it's a lot deeper because people were complaining. I remember one of the major complaints was, oh, she just finds a trinket and gets powers, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a lot more complicated than that. And I've learned not to make snap judgments like that because Marvel always comes with a better explanation, even if they don't provide it up front. Right. So I knew there was some kind of deeper meaning with the bracelet and you you get a lot of backstory into her family and their history and you're starting the pieces are starting to come together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm I'm super excited to see what happens next week. So yeah, right. it continues to be a great show. Mm-hmm. I think the most character I can connect with is the father because it seems like he's trying to calm everyone down in any situation but also be himself, you know what I'm saying? And be mm-hmm. funny and and not care as much as everyone else does about certain topics and situations. Yeah, I get you. Is that your mm-hmm. role in the family? Is that what you do typically? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. I know that you're you're a ground for call it, <laughs> for sure. Yeah I'm, the, yeah, I'm the ground. Definitely the ground for call it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm the ground for this show. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like uh, Derek and AD have similar energy as far as mm-hmm. like... going on one speaking of which it is a video game show so we should probably get into talking about video games what games have you been playing lately gp been playing uncharted 4 the thieves collection on the ps5 okay currently i'm towards the end of that one right now okay and also i've been playing it takes two with my wife okay all All right right. maximum taste Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm shout out (laughs) shout out to max so yeah. uh, what what do you think about how far along are you in It Takes Two? Actually, we just started. So and my wife doesn't play any games with me. So I said, hey, you know, we have to finish this. Mm-hmm. Not no one time deal. We got to finish it to the end. Cause, so she's not used to actually even playing a game to completion. Yeah. Yeah. She'll pop in every once in a while. Right. But not like yeah. stay and play. I got you. Right. Yeah. Now. As far as that goes, have you noticed any barriers for her? Because the funny thing is, we actually recently talked about It Takes Two. We had a um, a listener question a few episodes back. And when I say mm-hmm. a few, I mean, I think it was in February. <laughs> but uh, they were asking, like, what we would recommend as games to play with your significant other. And we talked about games that would be good for people who are new at gaming. Mm-hmm. And Derek mentioned It Takes Two, and I was like, I don't know, man. There's a lot that you need to be able to do that I don't think the average person who doesn't play video games can do, you know? That's true. I think it's the the person that plays the games the most could, like, lead that person on. At first, playing the game was, like, kind of challenging, but as she got with it, her gaming skills started to progress. So it's just, like, what's the buttons to do this instead of how you do that? She know how to do it, but she's just confused on what buttons, like the smash button, mm-hmm. like the double jump smash to press a button or something like that. 
mm-hmm. she just get confused into the dash or, you know, between the O and the square. Gotcha. So she needs to learn the button placement on the controller. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's understandable. How does she yeah. do it navigating a 3D space? Oh, she's pretty cool with it. She doesn't stare constantly at the ceiling or the floor? No, 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 no. I think okay. she was because the last game she played a while back was Uncharted 2 multiplayer okay. mode. She was just a beast in that. And she haven't played any games since. Okay, so she's not like new new. She's she... not new new, but... Okay, maybe a little rusty. Super rusty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, let me know how that progresses. I'm definitely interested to see how you two find it. Derek and I had a blast with it, so... Yeah. And as far as Uncharted 4, I've played the first three mm-hmm. on PS4. I never got around to playing four because I don't think I finished three and I wanted to do them in sequence. But I mean, have you played four on the original PlayStation four? Do you have any basis to comparison for how it looks on five? I mean, how are you finding it? It looks beautiful on five. It's a slight comparison, but it's, it's real beautiful on PlayStation five, mm-hmm. but it's the same mechanics. It's nothing really new as far as anything else. I figured, are you playing on performance mode or graphics mode? Performance. Performance, yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely got to do that for sure. Yeah. I know friends that occasionally play on maybe like their second playthrough just to see, or maybe even their first if they want to stop and do screenshots. And then when they Mm want to get good or play the harder modes, they'll switch over to performance. I want to do that, but I always just immediately go to performance. I'm just getting used to like playing 60 frames and that's all I want to do, especially with a game that requires timing or snap judgments so you know like a fighting game or yeah like an action game now that would it it actually made me with performance mode made me take a lot of pictures and that i didn't do with the ps4 when i I just ran through the game on the ps4 but on the ps5 i'm taking a lot of scenery pictures with Nathan Drake looking over into the (laughs) waterfalls (laughs) and stuff like that so you gotta put more of those on twitter man yeah i did i did like three so far oh okay okay yeah they didn't. My Twitter feed is all whacked out. I have like the show to where it has priority, but mm-hmm. if I put priority on too many things, then it's back just to my regular feed. So I got to go look yeah. for those things. They haven't popped up in my feed yet. Yeah, that's the same with me. I have like so many comic book writers and mm-hmm. just flooded my screen with artwork and all that. So yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, mine is uh, all like video game deals and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, and then a couple of political commentators that I follow, that type of thing. So right. <laughs> it's just dominated by those things. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let me get into what I was playing this week then. As far as I know, you only have a PlayStation 5, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this may not be super relevant to you, but I talked about it last week. I got a hold of the Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes demo. Mm-hmm. And the Warriors series, it's the Musou games, basically. Have you played any Musou or Warriors games before? I haven't played any of those games, though. Okay. Do you like beat-em-ups or action games? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. You, It might behoove you to give a few a try. There are a lot that are out for PlayStation 4 and 5. Are those the ones that like you play as a character and it's like, like a whole bunch of enemies and you just ramming? One versus a thousand, yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. Okay, with the, you got a big huge sword and you just hell yeah up everyone. Yeah, okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you should look up Dynasty Warriors Eight. Mm-hmm. I think you can get that edition for PlayStation Four and then you know play it on your PlayStation Five. They recently came out with Samurai Warriors Five. Opinions were split on that, but I feel like Dynasty Warriors Eight is a pretty solid entry now. 
that's the original Musou. Like when mm-hmm. they when Koei Tecmo or actually it was um Omega Force when they first started doing it, they started with Dynasty Warriors two because the first one was a fighting game. Mm-hmm. And they had this kind of one versus a thousand in mind ever since the PlayStation 2 era, and they've just kind of iterated on it. And then eventually they started doing spin-offs. So first there were Samurai Warriors. So instead of the Three Kingdoms era of China, they were doing like maybe the Meiji era or different uh, samurai periods, Edo periods in Japan, right? Mm-hmm. So you got Nobunaga and all of them with that. Gotcha. And then they start applying the Warriors formula to other franchises. So there's a Warriors game based on Berserk. There's a Warriors game based on One Piece, you know, like a lot of different anime. Yeah, I remember that one, yeah. Yeah, Nintendo got into it. So there's Warriors games based on Zelda and based on Fire Emblem. This is the sequel to the first one. And even uh, Persona, Dragon Quest too, to be honest. I mean, they're, they're everywhere. So mm-hmm. w- what they started doing recently is making direct continuations or sequels of pre-established games in other genres but with the warriors formula for example mm-hmm. persona 5 is an rpg right mm-hmm. well they made persona 5 strikers and it's a warriors game but it continues the story of persona 5 gotcha so it's like a sequel but a different format exactly breath of the gotcha. wild got a warrior sequel called age of calamity and it's mm-hmm. a it's a continuation of the story now with it it's weird it's kind of like a parallel story or what we would call a golden route, which is where the happiest of endings you can shoot for. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I'm noticing that three hopes, which is the fire emblem warriors sequel to three houses. Mm-hmm. It seems to be so, sort of like a golden route too. So fire emblem was a strategy game. This is a warriors game and I'm playing the demo right now and I'm having a blast with it. Mm. Mainly because I'm such a huge fan of Fire Emblem Three Houses. And again, it literally feels like a Three Houses game, but they swapped out the strategy RPG gameplay for Warriors gameplay. And I'm Mm -hmm. with it. Mm -hmm. So out of those franchises, that's your favorite one? It's hard to say because I've only played the demo, but so far, yeah. Just because the year it came out, Fire Emblem Three Houses was my game of the year. Mm Mm-hmm. And I would argue that Persona 5 was probably my game of the year whenever it came out. I'd have to go back and like really look at it, but it's an excellent game. Mm-hmm. And so they just keep topping themselves. Like I'm obsessed with Breath of the Wild as well. But, and I've said this before, the Fire Emblem formula and, and the tropes that make up Fire Emblem's gameplay mechanics marry so well with the Warriors format. Mm. that it just makes this perfect game. Like the original Fire Emblem Warriors was like a lot of crossovers that they used to do where they would just take all the different characters from different franchises, write a trash story that put them all in the same world, and the story sucked. You didn't care about the story. But the gameplay was solid, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Out of all those types of games, Fire Emblem Warriors is one of my favorites because it just fits so well. It was like two Lego pieces. Click. (laughs) It's just perfect. Mm. And now you're taking that really good mesh of the mechanics of both of those different franchises and you're continuing one of my favorite stories from Fire Emblem. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. That's a winning formula. I'll probably be speaking about it at length in the coming weeks and then maybe even on another podcast because I've been in talks to uh, guests to discuss Mm -hmm. it at length. As you can tell, I'm very passionate about these types of games. Now, for a beginner... If I wanted to get into these type of games, do you think 
one of these games are inside the uh, new PlayStation Plus subscription format? I think so. I'd have to go and look. To be honest, I've been with it since day one, so I've kind Mm -hmm. of grown with the franchise, and I have my favorites, and I have my notable disappointments. Like, of the PlayStation 2 era, 3 was my favorite, and then of the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360 era, 7 Mm -hmm. was my favorite, 8 is my favorite of the PlayStation 4 era, and then, you know, now there's just all these different sequels, and... There's a game that we're going to talk about later on that seems to be a spiritual successor to Dynasty Warriors. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, they're just getting really good at evolving their formula and adapting it to other franchises. And the thing is, their quality isn't always consistent. It seems like when they're working on their own IPs, they don't put as much love and care as if they do into other IPs, especially if that particular publisher is particular about their quality, a la Mm -hmm. Nintendo. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, or Atlas, you know, in the case of Persona. But when they're good, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah, likely you probably can access a few Warriors games. Jumping too deep into a Warriors game like Warriors All Stars, which I think is on PlayStation Plus Premium, or like Warriors Orochi, those are crossovers of crossovers. Like gotcha. they're bringing in all kinds of different characters from like Koei Tecmo games. And putting them in. So you have characters from Dynasty Warriors and Samurai Warriors and Ninja Gaiden and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that can get a little wacky. But the gameplay is solid. I still think it's good to start with a single one. Like I said, Dynasty Warriors 8. Because I feel like it's not going to be as ridiculous to wrap your head around. Mm -hmm. As far as like all the stuff that's being thrown your way. But honestly, any one of them is solid enough if you like that type of gameplay. If you're just into just, you know, mowing down dudes with flashy moves and having lots of fun. It can be as difficult as you want it to be. It's definitely not the hardest action game out there. Although if you increase difficulty, it can be. Mm -hmm. But just the amount of like damage you can do, you you enter this zen-like state of ass kicking. It's hard for me to describe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm levitating. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, I am hotly anticipating it. It's dropping on the 24th, and I will definitely be there day one. I did try a few other games this week, you know, just so I can kind of round things out, because all I wanted to play was that demo, which is so funny to me. It's a huge (laughs) demo. Oh, it's got to be huge. I played Shredder's Revenge. I know that you're queued up to play that pretty soon. Yeah, uh, me and shout out Big W supposed to play soon so i I haven't even touched i just downloaded it so how's how is uh shredder revenge i got a chance to play it yesterday and i played it solo i didn't actually go online and play with any other people i do think it's going to be a lot of fun with co-op because Mm -hmm. there are moves where you can share life with somebody else like give two bips of your life to someone if they have less life and of course if they get downed you can revive them and they do a really good job gamifying a brawler because inherently brawlers are very simple games right you Mm -hmm. punch kick your way from the left side of the screen to the right side and then occasionally ooh, the right side to the left side (laughs) or maybe they'll they'll put you on a hoverboard i mean ninja turtles has been through it they're one of the franchises that have been in that brawler genre almost since the beginning right Mm -hmm. and this is such a nostalgia trip especially for people who were kids in the 80s and watched the 80s ninja turtles show It's slightly off, like the animation is almost too retro. Like I remember the animation being a little better than they made it. Not that the animation is bad, but it's almost like they crumb it up a little too much in order to look retro, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
but the opening animation is still cool and they have a cover of the original teenage mutant ninja turtles theme song from the show i heard a nice soundtrack oh it's great it's great and there's just so many references like you know how when and if you play a ninja turtles brawler and you fall down a manhole you expect the turtle to go uh who put the lights out uh, or yeah <laughs> what's this cave doing down here right <laughs> yeah the same stuff happens in this game So all the classic moves. Oh, yeah. And the amount they add to it is amazing. So you have some of the stuff that you remember from maybe like Turtles in Time where you can throw enemies towards the screen, but it's a lot easier to pull off. Mm -hmm. You have your classic slam throw where you like slam the foot soldier on either side of you a bunch of times before you throw them. You got your classic jump kicks, but your kick jumps, you know, where like you attack on the way up. Right. And all these things are really easy to pull off. You have specials, but instead of using portions of your life, you have a special bar, which is way better. And Mm -hmm. you use the special and it uses up your bar. And then as you attack enemies, it'll slowly fill up. But you can artificially fill up the bar by performing a taunt. And Mm -hmm. the best part is, is you don't actually have to have an enemy on screen. So you can pre-buff your special bar in between screen scrolls. Or if you're crafty, you can do it while enemies on the screen. But of course, if they're close enough, they're going to take advantage of it, right? Okay, yeah. (laughs) And you actually slowly level up by the amount of points that you gain in this tiered perk system, which is really neat. So, for example, let's say you get up to 100 points in combat, you know, points by defeating enemies and whatnot. You'll get an extra bip of life. And then the next level up, maybe at 300 points, where you'll get an extra bar to your specials. Now you can use up to two specials. And then it'll, it might add some additional moves or, you know, like damage, health, whatever, whatever. And then eventually you can have up to, I think, like eight or nine bips of special. And Mm. if you let your special bar go all the way to the max, you even have a, you enter like a special powered up state if you activate your special at that point. Mm. Yeah. You have the classic power ups, you know, like pizza time where you pick up your pizza to replenish your health or yeah. the berserk pizza where you pick it and you just start spinning around in spin your special. Around, right. for Yeah. You have a new pizza that if you pick it up, you just get unlimited specials for like 10 seconds. Oh, nice. And all the classic enemies come back, like all of them. Some that I had forgotten about, but once I saw them, I'm like, oh my God, they were on the show. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. It is... Just a love letter to anybody who grew up playing Ninja Turtles or watching Ninja Turtles or being a Ninja Turtles fan. And it's definitely aimed more at our generation. Like, I think younger generations are still going to get into it, but may not get as many of the references. I'm talking, they brought back Vern. Remember Vern from uh, April? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's in it. So is the other guy at the station, the editor-in-chief that always used to yell at April. And mm-hmm. then that mousy girl with the glasses who watched about how she couldn't get a date. <laughs> like, she's in it. <laughs> it's just wild. I'm like, what are all these random people doing in this game? But it's just, it's packed with so many references and so much love and care. You can tell the people that made this game really knew what they were doing and really had a strong grasp of the source material. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm saying this too soon because I've only played it for about four or five hours yesterday. But... I feel like this is one of the best beat-em-ups there is, especially if you look at beat-em-ups from a classic formula standpoint. Mm -hmm. It's excellent. It's even better than the Battletoads reboot, which I loved. Is it better than... um, I know you and Derek played Streets of Rage. Is it better than that? Oh. I... Yeah. 
<laughs> I hate to say it, like, because Streets of Rage is amazing. If it's not better, they stand shoulder to shoulder. I think it's okay. going to come down to preference. But for me, mm-hmm. I've always kind of been really fond of the Turtles and just the fact that they put so much effort into it. Mm-hmm. There's really cool things in Streets of Rage where you can play as the retro characters. And maybe that's an unlockable in this game I haven't discovered yet. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you can't beat Streets of Rage when it comes to music. But... Right. Yeah, they have more moves and there's more variability with these turtles. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like, to me personally, it is, but only slightly. I think it grasped me when they got Casey Jones in the mix. Yeah, you got Casey Jones, which I think you have to unlock. Because in the beginning, you can only pick from April, the four turtles, and Splinter. Mm-hmm. Which is still amazing. I don't recall there being a beat up in the past where you could play as April or Splinter. You can correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. I never heard of it either, yeah. Yeah, no, it's really cool. So, I mean, I I can't say enough good things about the game. If you have Game Pass, go play it right now. If you don't, it's worth buying. I'm probably going to buy it anyway, just so I can play it with you guys, because I assume you guys are getting the PS5 version, right? Yeah, I've downloaded it. Right on. So I will be ready. Yeah, I'll probably need to pick that up so I can uh, hang with you guys and play for a bit. So uh, we can we can do some online co-op because I don't know. I mean, I, I know a couple people that are playing it on Xbox, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, you know, again, <laughs> I want to give them money. They deserve my money. You know <laughs> what I mean? In addition to the free download from Game Pass, because I'm sure they get a little kick for that. But right. yeah. All right. I also talked about an update to Trek to Yomi last week. Have you played Trek to Yomi? No, I want to, but I haven't played it yet. It's pretty decent. The issue that Derek and I were having, and it's the community seems to be split depending on what version you get. We were playing the Xbox version, and mm-hmm. people on PC don't seem to have this problem, so I don't know if it would stretch to Sony or not. The timing for parries and blocking seemed to be a little off in the game, and we were having trouble with that. And this recent update to Track to Yomi was specifically for combat tweaks. So I got a little okay. excited. I was like, oh, maybe they improved the timing or... You know, the visual cues for when to parry, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I went into the game, and they did not. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, ah, no. So if folks out there are having the same issue as me, and they were wondering, and they haven't had a chance to check it out, I can confirm that that particular portion of the game has not changed, unfortunately. So what did they improve? I don't know. It just said <laughs> combat improvements. Uh. I could probably look into the notes a little further to find out specifics, but at this point, I don't really care. I'm waiting for mm-hmm. them to like further fix it, and since they already released a patch and it wasn't it, I'm not holding out hope that they actually are going to fix it. It is mm-hmm. what it is. So. Okay. Is it a problem to the point where you don't want to play the game, or...? I think it's, it's still difficult. worth finishing. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, and it can be frustrating if you want to go for like all of the trophies or achievements. Mm, okay. Because playing on harder difficulty modes obviously in later chapters is going to be a bit of an endurance trial. Gotcha. It's got very generous checkpoints. Mm -hmm. So even if you come across a particularly hard part, you can try it over and over again without having to backtrack too much. Mm. And it's a short game, so you can finish it relatively quickly, like in a weekend. So Mm -hmm. I do think it's worth playing because it's a very unique experience. Graphically, it's very gorgeous. And I really like what they were going for. I just personally wish the combat was a little tighter is all. Gotcha. And I've, I've heard even complaints from folks who are not having issues of parries that they wish the, the combat was more complicated. They mm-hmm. feel like it may be too simplistic. I could see that, but I don't really think that's what they were going for. I think they were going for more of the you know, one, two hit kill samurai moves through desolate area, you know, on right. the trek to whatever their story is. Right. And this particular story is pretty interesting. So Okay. 
The last game that I played this week was a demo for Metal Hellsinger. Metal Hellsinger. Yeah, Metal Hellsinger is a rhythm-based first-person shooter where metal music plays in the background, and the more on rhythm that you get, you get multipliers, and eventually like more of the song gets layered on, and then the top tier is you hear lyrics. And mm-hmm. they actually hired a bunch of very prolific metal singers across pretty much the past few decades to do music for the game, and the music is excellent. Like I really enjoyed the portion that I heard during the demo. Any bands you know in the game familiar with? Uh, like System of a Down. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think if there's anybody else that's come up to the top of my head because a lot of them were newer, and I don't listen to a lot of like modern metal like I used to. Mm-hmm. There's some classic metal, you know. There's some grunge and some screaming. There's also some singers that kind of remind me of Lacuna Coil or mm-hmm. maybe Bullet from My Valentine. So there's some newer stuff like that, um, and then some classic metal. So there's a mix. But okay. essentially, you attack either by swinging a sword or shooting a gun. And there's different guns that you can pick up. And there's like these indicators on the screen that kind of go towards your reticle. And when they hit your reticle, that's the beat that you attack on. And then the same thing for reloading. Mm-hmm. The issue that I ran into, and I played the demo on PS5, and then I tried on Series X just to see if maybe there was a difference between console versions, mm-hmm. is the beat that they chose is too fast for a trigger to accurately hit you know, on every single one. And the guns and the swords, like the animation, they don't fire that fast. Not all of them. The sword definitely doesn't swing that fast. So okay. I have to like swing on every other beat. But my brain is like, do it on every beat. So then I get off beat really easily when I'm trying to do the rhythm. And this could be me. Maybe I suck, right? (laughs) But I found reloading pretty easy because there's a reload indicator. Like the reticle will go from white to yellow when you know you're supposed to reload. Mm -hmm. And I can do that pretty good. But when it comes to shooting the different guns, I have to dodge the enemies, make sure I'm not getting hit, and then do like a special kill if they're damaged, a la like Doom, where... If they take enough damage, you can do like an insta-kill and you'll get some health back. And that's done with the R3 button. Mm -hmm. And that one, unlike other attacks, if you try to press the R3 not on the beat, it won't work. And they only stay stunned for a limited amount of time. So it almost makes you not want to do it. But the good thing about it is, is that you can like leap across the map almost. So if there's an enemy that's stunned and you press R3, but you're not close to them, you'll kind of like zoom into them to do the kill, which is convenient. Okay, that's that's a good trick. It is a good trick. I really want to like the game and I was enjoying it for what it was, but ultimately I don't think it's for me. I think that somebody who's better at these types of games or whose brain can sync up better with the rhythm that they're trying to lay down could probably do really well. I had a similar issue with Crypt of the Necrodancer, which is like a top-down dungeon crawler that also goes to a beat. Mm -hmm. I don't play shooters and adventure games that fast or rhythmically like i'm definitely a take your time and assess the situation type of gamer and so it really works against my nature to go rhythm when it comes Mm -hmm. to rock band or dj hero or anything like that i'm great like i love that because that's the music is the focus right you're not doing anything else but when you add in okay fight the monsters dodge the attacks do all the stuff but do everything on a beat i fall apart (laughs) yes you like to strategize before you jump into something exactly and Mm -hmm. it doesn't really reward that now A game that was just like this, but the music kicked up when you were just kicking a lot of ass, like say if you got a combo going, a la Doom, Mm -hmm. that would be more attractive to me because I do like stringing together attacks and just being really good at the combat mechanics the game presents. 
Mm-hmm. But when you tie that to, okay, be good at it, but also do it beep, 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 beep. But then the gun only fires a half a beat longer than like the beats they lay down. Right. So you have to shoot every other beat. But then also this other gun fires a half a beat faster than the beats you lay down. So you got to slow it down. And it's just like, oh, I can't deal with this. So it's all about timing. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And it doesn't punish you drastically for not having good timing, but you can tell you're not playing the game optimally and it doesn't feel as fun because the music mm-hmm. slows down. You don't hear as much of it and you're clearly not doing what the game wants you to do. And it's not a great feeling for me. So if you have a Series X or a PlayStation 5, I think it's worth it to download the demo. It doesn't cost anything to try it out to see if this type of gameplay loop works for you. I think mm-hmm. it's a really cool concept. That's why I was interested in trying it out in the first place. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. It's better than um, playing Dance Dance Revolution. I always break my neck trying to play that game. I used to love so. Dance Dance, but then I saw somebody play it for reals, for reals. Like I used to play mm-hmm. it like you know the best I could. I had a little pad, and then somebody would come on there and they started like spinning around and doing weird mm-hmm. shit. And I was like, "You're actually dancing." It's always something like that. You think you got a good rhythm, and someone just destroy you. You're like, <laughs> I don't want to play this game no more. Somebody just comes on expert through the fire and the flames, and you're like, "What? You're doing handstands? <laughs> oh my gosh." He's using his mouth. I his I knew a guy <laughs> that he put both of his fingers on the frets and then he would strum with his elbow. And that's how he got through really fast yeah. songs. And yeah. I was like, oh, it's so smart. But I, I could never do that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Amazing, amazing stuff. All right. Well, let's get over to gaming news. Gaming news. Girl. So much news. I always wanted to say, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Dreams can come true. <laughs> ah, I'm fulfilled. <laughs> there was so much news this week, and I feel bad. I'm laying it on you, and I know you didn't watch a lot of these directs. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to stay and linger on too many things. But if you hear anything interesting that you want to expound upon, let me know. I will stop gotcha. and slow down for you. For those who are on the NSO, don't forget Pokemon Snap is dropping on June 24th. Uh, that's June this upcoming 24th. Friday. Mm-hmm. I will be playing Three Hopes, but if you're a fan of Pokemon Snap, maybe you want to play it. Okay. Also, good news for those who went for PlayStation Plus Premium. We had previously reported that they were doing that stupid PlayStation Classic thing where they were using the PAL versions of the games rather than the NTSC. So they were running at a lower frame rate and I think like 50 hertz. They -hmm. fixed that. So if you're in North America and you get PlayStation Plus, you're going to get the 30 frames. You're going to get the 60 hertz. You're good to go. Cool, cool. Yep. And we've talked briefly about how pretty much every PC launcher out there is giving away free games on the regular nowadays. Amazon is kicking it up a little bit in the lead up to Prime Day. They're giving Mm -hmm. away up to 50 games. August 12th through the 13th, I think, is when they're running Prime. And uh, on the actual Prime Day, they're going to give away over 30 games, uh, including Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Grid Legends, Need for Speed Heat, Star Wars Jedi Academy... From the lead up of June 21st up through the middle of July, they're going to start offering a whole bunch of indie games for free. Mm-hmm. I saw Fatal Fury Special on there, Metal Slug 2, Samurai Showdown, Dark Side Detective, King of Fighters. So if you're an SNK fan, you're probably going to be really happy about that. So yeah, I want to give people a heads up about that in case you have a Prime account, you know, and you have a PC that can run older games. Why not? You know what I mean? That sounds like a good deal. Yeah, yeah, pretty decent deal indeed. Now, as far as the showcases, I know you haven't watched too many of them, but I would recommend to you, GP, and you listeners out there, if you don't watch any showcase at all this year, 
except for one, watch the Devolver Digital Showcase. Okay. It's always a good time. Mm-hmm. This year, they outdid themselves. They made a Suda 51 robot. <laughs> so, <laughs> and um, they're always doing parodies, obviously, on the game industry. This year was no different. They roasted the countdowns to the showcases and all the advertisements and everything. They had some interesting games. They've shown Cult of the Lamb before, but they showed another trailer with you know just additional gameplay and a reminder that that's coming out August 11th. Mm-hmm. I saw three games, though, that I haven't seen before that I was kind of interested in. The first one was called Angerfoot, and it was from the makers of Broforce, and it was a 3D first-person shooter where you just do a lot of kicking and shooting, <laughs> and it's just... It's very grunge and kind of punk stylized, and the character you play as is green, and his face is kind of covered up, and he has gross teeth. Mm-hmm. Is it 16-bit as Broforce was? No, and that's a good question. It's actually, it looks modern. Like, it definitely okay. is stylized, and it has colors that pop, but it is, you know, f- for all intents and purposes, it looks like a modern game. Mm-hmm. It's very fast-paced, too. It kind of feels like a 3D Hotline Miami because you're just busting through, just shooting shooting and kicking your way all the way through <laughs> these environments like really fast. Okay. So looks like a lot of fun, especially if you want to blow off some steam. Speaking of which, okay. it's on steam. steam. <laughs> Skate Story also looked interesting. That's coming out next year. They described it as you're a demon made of glass and pain mm. skateboarding through the underworld. Which sounds wow. a lot scarier than it actually is. You just look like yeah. a glass man skating around surreal, beautiful-looking environments. And, mm. I mean, that's it. Wow. It just looks neat. I wonder how they thought of that concept. Uh, a lot of LSD, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> man, um, man, yeah. glass and pain. <laughs> yeah, he skates. I mean, if you think about it, if you're a skateboarder yourself and you fall down, you do feel like you're made of glass and pain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, mm-hmm. especially glass, <laughs> yeah. Then follow up the pain. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The third game I saw was the most interesting, and I really, really like the aesthetic on this one. The game is called The Plucky Squire. It's mm. coming out next year on everything except for PS4 and Xbone. You can only get it on Switch, PC, oh. and the newer systems, uh, XS okay. and PlayStation 5. Okay, cool. You start off like in a storybook, and I mean, it's it's picturesque. It looks like a child's storybook, and you're playing through it, complete with like mm-hmm. the borders of the actual book. And then at one point, you break outside of the book into the child's room, and you're like in a 3D kind of clay animation state. I saw and then this you're... one. Oh, did you see the trailer for this one? Yeah, I saw this one. It was pretty cool. Didn't it look awesome? It looks super awesome, yeah. This one, I think I'm like for sure going to try to track down and play next year. Out of all the games that I saw at the Devolver Digital Showcase, this is the one that really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't had a chance to see it, folks, go out there. I mean, first, watch the Devolver Digital Showcase. But if you don't have time, at least look up a trailer for the Plucky Squire. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Mm-hmm. IGN Summer of Gaming, sponsored by the U.S. Army. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a whole other can of worms. But... I was watching the YouTube upload of the IGN Summer of Gaming, and the chat was just trash. Mm. Every game that came out, they're like, oh, looks mid. Oh, this is the worst console generation ever. And I'm like, these unpleasable assholes. <laughs> Never satisfied. Never satisfied. And a lot of the games actually look decent. There were a few that stood out to me that I want to talk about. The first one was called Gungrave Core. Now, you would probably know this better than me. Is Gungrave an anime? Gungrave. Or is that just a classic series? It sounds familiar, Gungrave. Doesn't it? Yeah. I didn't look it up, 
but I, I gotta tell you, this game looks really neat. Now it's coming out this fall for everything but the Switch. It looks mm-hmm. like a just an awesome, stupid, dumb action game. I mean, it feels mm-hmm. like Devil's Third. Like, you know those action games that came out in the early 2000s that mm-hmm. were just some dude, he had over-the-top attacks and animations, and all the villains were cartoony, and you're going around these environments, and everything's exploding, and your guns are bigger than your entire body, that type of shit? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it looked like. It looked like it was straight from, like, Suda51 or Grasshopper or somebody. It looks silly. Gungrave is an anime series based oh, okay. on a video game. Okay, well, that's a little bit of background then. But yeah, Gungrave Core. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to see if I can track that one down because it looks like it would be a lot of fun. It doesn't look like the most graphically impressive, but it's also very competent. It doesn't look graphically bad. It's just it doesn't have that sheen that you would expect from like a next-gen title. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't need to be if it's this silly. So There were a few horror games at IGN Summer of Gaming. One that stood out to me was called Madison. And this one comes out next month on the 8th. It looks extremely scary. And the monster design is very creepy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you may want to track down that trailer. Like there were points where you're peeking around the corner. It's first person. And the monster would be peeking around a corner too looking at you. And I was like, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) And the way it chases after you. Sometimes a monster will chase after you. And, you know, it doesn't look that scary. It doesn't move very much. But they animated this monster in the most creepy way possible. So I was like, oh, God, I kind of need to play this, I think. So is it kind of like Outlast? Um, Yeah, but maybe less big. It looks like you're exploring like a house and things may get a little surreal. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I don't know if they're like in a haunted house or if, you know, it's like a like a dream world type thing. I'm not really sure. I just saw a bunch of scary images and the character kind of going around exploring and occasionally being chased by this monster. So, gotcha. Good stuff. Wanted Dead is a wild looking action game and it had a lot of mixed animation. It was like you're playing as a sci fi cop who used guns and a samurai sword. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, it felt extremely Japanese, but it's made mm. by a Swiss developer, cool. interestingly enough. They mentioned it was going to come in the fourth quarter of this year and it's coming to all the systems. Again, nice. this this feels like maybe not quite as in-depth as, say, as Astral Chain, but it definitely mm-hmm. has a similar vibe. Like, there's even that, like, police chief that's like, damn it, you're a loose cannon. You're doing too much out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it just feels like a parody. <laughs> and it's distinctly not American. That's why I thought it felt Japanese, but it's it's made in Switzerland. So, you okay. know, that's, I guess it's their take on that genre. Obviously, they're very inspired by Japanese and American games. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, Wanted Dead, I think, is one to watch out for. River City Saga Three Kingdoms. Now, we were just talking about Dynasty Warriors, right? Dynasty Mm -hmm. Warriors story is based on the Three Kingdoms era of China. River City Ransom, or River City, that series, those are the Kunio Kun style of graphics, the little, like, chibi characters that do the little brawlers, Mm -hmm. like a Super Dodgeball and all that. So you put those characters... In a brawler based in the Three Kingdoms era. So you're playing as a little chibi Guan Yu. Yeah. It, looked, it looked fun to me. Yeah. That's coming out on PS4, Steam, and Switch next month on the 21st. Okay. And the last thing, I wasn't really interested in the game. I just thought that was funny. So the announcer comes on. They're like, next is a gritty game about the horrors of war and how nobody really wins when you fight a war. Brought to you by the U.S. Army. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I kept seeing ads for the army, like the army bought me a house. And then they have this game called Rat and Reich. That's about how mm. war is terrible and you should never participate in war. Great product placement. The dissonance. 
Moving on. Now, this is really exciting. And I know Derek's probably going to be sad about not being able to talk about this this week. Final Fantasy VII celebrated their 25th anniversary with a short 15-minute trailer of different upcoming projects. Mm -hmm. They started with announcing that remake Intergrade, which is the Final Fantasy VII remake in the add-on. Yeah. It's coming to Steam on... Actually, it's already on Steam. I think it was coming to Steam on Friday. And it was already on Epic, but for people who prefer different launchers for their PC games, if you don't want to be on Epic or don't like Epic, and I know a lot of Steam users who are like that, now you can play it on Steam if you want. So is there a difference between the two? No, it's just people are sick and tired of like having PC games be exclusive to different launchers because then they have to download a whole bunch of bullshit on their computer. You know what I mean? Mm, gotcha. Like imagine if you want to listen to an album and you're on Spotify, but the album has a deal to only be listened to through another streaming service, right? Oh, uh, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, yeah. So kind of annoying. Yeah. Uh, but that also means it's compatible with Steam Deck. So for Steam Deck users, you could play Final Fantasy VII Remake on the go. Very nice. They did some mobile game updates. The first soldier gets updates. I don't really care. There's this mobile game that hasn't come out yet called Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. And mm -hmm. it looks to be a remake of Crisis Core and Seven, but for mobile games. That's cool. Imagine the original Final Fantasy VII, but the graphics, like the, the remake people were wanting when they complained that they didn't want an action game instead of like the original game. It just mm -hmm. looks very cleaned up, right? Okay. So, yeah, for people who want that, you're getting that. There's a closed beta for that this year, they mentioned, so people can follow them on the social medias to possibly be a part of that. Now, the big news, huge news, Crisis Core, the original mm -hmm. PSP game, is getting a remake called Crisis Core Reunion, and it's coming this winter on everything. And it's huge. remastered. Yes. They okay. did all new 3D models. They upped the voice acting to all voice lines. They changed the voice actor for Zach, which bothered me a little bit because I liked his original voice actor, but that's a nitpick. Mm -hmm. It looks great. And I played it originally not on the PSP, but I emulated it on my Android phone and I love the hell out of that game. I played it all the way through, but I'm such a fan of it. I'll probably get it again. And I mm -hmm. recommend any fans of Final Fantasy VII who haven't played it. I mean, you're probably already planning to pick it up, but if you were on the fence... I would say go for it. It's a great game. Okay. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth was announced, mm. and that is the sequel to Final Fantasy VII Remake. So that's the second in the series of games. That's coming out next winter, so winter 2023. And mm. they confirmed that the Final Fantasy VII Remake project will be split into three games. So we have Remake that's already come out. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to get Rebirth, and then there'll be a third unannounced game, and that will wrap up this story. So for those who are wondering, how many parts are they going to do this in? Well, now we know. <laughs> <Yeah>. Three. <laughs> the trailer was cool. It, it did show uh, some tidbits from Rebirth and some sections that you know a lot of fans of the original game will probably recognize. So good stuff. Okay. Yep. Wholesome Direct, the indie game showcase, aired on June 11th. Now... There are so many showcases, I kind of had to cut things down. I'm not mentioning everything from every showcase. And for this one in particular, I'm going to provide a link in the show notes. And I may provide links for all of the showcases. That way people can find them easily. Mm -hmm. But I would recommend, if you're tired of... Like, I heard a lot of people complaining on these showcases. Every game is a military sci-fi horror shooter. Well, if you're mad about the games not being diverse and you're sleeping on indies, then it's your fault. <laughs> like, hmm, yeah. Indies are where games go to be diverse and be different and try creative new things. So definitely right. check out this showcase if you're interested. Mm -hmm. 
Capcom had their second showcase. They showed off a new trailer for Monster Hunter Rise Daybreak. They gave some extended info on Exoprimal. I think you guys talked about Exoprimal on your show, didn't you? The game where you fight dinosaurs? Yes, we did. Yeah. We was trying to figure out, is this Dino Crisis? (laughs) You're not the only person to say that. I was like, I was, because they have one character, you know, the, the protagonist from Dino Crisis look exactly like a character in this game. I was like, is this Dino Crisis? Is it Dino Crisis, no. though? No, not <laughs> quite. Not quite. It looks more to me almost like Dynasty Warriors, but with dinosaurs. But mm-hmm. it looks to have a heavy multiplayer component, even though there is kind of like a story to the gameplay. Mm-hmm. So they showed both some of the story and the gameplay, and they mentioned that they're going to try to release it next year. The main game mode is called Dino Survival, where two okay. squads of five will compete to complete various combat objectives, kill so many dinosaurs, activate the thing, defend against the other thing, blah, 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 blah. And then eventually they may team up to fight like a superpowered dinosaur together, right? Okay. It looks very varied. And honestly, this game is giving me very strong Warframe vibes. You ever play Warframe? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. In aesthetic and design and mechanics, it feels very similar to Warframe to me. Right. Just with dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah, just with dinosaurs. Now, when you play through Dino Survival, that's how you're going to unlock story sequences. And for those interested, and I'll leave this link in the show notes as well, you can apply to be a part of an open network test that's happening soon at exoprimal.com. Mm-hmm. I got on the waiting list myself, and I'll find out via email early next month if I made it or not. Okay. And if I did, I will let you guys know how it plays. So, All right. On the Capcom showcase, we also had Resident Evil updates. Resident Evil 7, Resident Evil oh. 2 Remake, Resident Evil 3 Remake get free HD upgrades. Oh, nice. Awesome. So PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, you get that free HD upgrade. Now, if you got Resident Evil 7 on PlayStation Plus, like for free, you cannot oh. upgrade it. At least not yet. Okay. So just a heads up there. They also announced the DLC for Resident Evil Village. I'm very excited about this. It mm-hmm. is dropping October 28th. Did you happen to see this? Yes. I know it's a third person you can play. Yeah. They added a third mm-hmm. person mode for Ethan Winters, right? They added mm-hmm. an extended story sequence for Rose. Mm-hmm. And they extended the Mercenaries game to include new maps, game modes, and new characters, including you can play as Lady Dimitrescu. And uh, Heisenberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that should be exciting. The Rose campaign, I wonder if it's going to be lengthy. It seems like it's just going to be like a little short DLC. Yeah, you know, it's hard to tell. I think it's going to be interesting at the very least, because, mm-hmm. or it may feel a little bit more like the evil within. Because from what I understood, and correct me if I'm wrong in remembering this, you're going into the Megamycete, whatever the hell it's called, mm-hmm. <laughs> like into its like genetic memory or something. So you're going into a dream or, or something right. weird like that. Like, yeah, dream nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be extremely surreal in parts, if not the mm-hmm. entire way through. And uh, I'm excited to check it out. Yeah, me too. They did give a little bit more info on RE4 Remake. Not as much as I would have liked, but if you're like, just i need all the information i can get on re4 <laughs> remake to me yeah you can go check it out I, I don't know if you guys discussed this or not re4 remake i think you guys talked about it a little bit are you guys excited for it like are you planning on playing it what, what are your thoughts on it i'm excited ad is not a resident evil fan he's not really a horror game fanatic i think he was like yeah me. i yeah. think he was but i'm ready i'm 
I'm just going to get in. I don't care. <laughs> it's just a remake of Resident Evil 4. I'm in automatically, so. I'm definitely going to play it. I'm tempering my expectations because so far it doesn't look to be as campy or goofy as the original, mm-hmm. which is what I liked so much about it. And I know they're capable of doing that vibe because that's what Village was. To me, Village right. was like the direct spiritual successor to RE4, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It was so dumb. Yeah. All those characters, <laughs> yeah. Crazy characters. Oh, it was so silly. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, because I, I already don't like the new voice actor they had for Sadler, or at least the way he delivers his lines. It's not near as snide or over the top as the original Sadler. Mm-hmm. But I will have to wait and see how it goes. So I'm still excited to check it out. Yeah. You know what? If they want to go really hard the other way and just make a super serious, scary version of RE4, I'm okay with that. Because if you want the campy version, you can just play the old version. You know? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think all that to say is I don't want people to think this is a replacement for the old one, or if they haven't played the old one now, they don't have to. Because until I get it confirmed for me, I feel like these are going to be two different games vibe-wise. But still. I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. good stuff. Dragon's Dogma celebrating their 10th anniversary, and they mentioned a separate video where they were going to discuss the development of Dragon's Dogma. And when you go to watch that video, they announced that they're developing a sequel. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever played Dragon's Dogma? I don't remember. Um, Dragon's Dogma. Yeah, so it came out around the same time as Dark Souls and Skyrim, and mm-hmm. it was, you know, similar like swords and sorcery gameplay. The interesting thing about it is they had this pawn system where you could create a character that'll follow you around and you can basically alter its behavior so it attacks in a certain way and other people can like use your pawn when they go into like this area to like download pawns. I don't think I never played that one. They had different, obviously different classes you could play as and the monsters were huge. And the cool thing is, is you could climb all over the monsters to attack them. <laughs> okay. And it was made by the guy who made Devil May Cry. So it had a very distinct action game feel to the rpg combat i think mm-hmm. out of the three games i mentioned i like the combat and dragon's dogma the most mm-hmm. so i'm excited to see what they could do with the sequel where they take the design philosophy they have for the first one but the technology and the resources of modern day games and like what okay. they come up with i think it's going to be one to watch for sure okay yeah All right, and then Xbox Showcase. Now, they had two showcases. They had the first showcase last Sunday, and then they had an extended showcase two days later. To be honest, the extended showcase was just more of what they already showed, just extended. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It wasn't, like, completely different, like the way Capcom did it. So if you really loved what you saw in the first showcase and you just want more of it, that's kind of what you can expect when you go to the Mm -hmm. second one. But uh, here's what stood out to me. Persona is coming to Game Pass. Okay. Persona 5 in October, and then eventually Persona 3, the PSP version, and then Persona 4 Golden, Oh, which is great. Yeah, that's great. For Xbox users to be able to play Persona, Persona is awesome. And they announced this game, I don't know if this was announced before, but this is the first time I heard of it, Ravenlock. Ravenlock. Yeah, it was a very colorful and interesting looking 3D platformer action game with a weird mix of pixels and polygons. It's kind of hard to describe, Mm -hmm. but it's coming to Game Pass uh, 2023. Okay. Flintlock, (laughs) not related to Ravenlock. Flintlock, The Siege of Dawn, early 2023, Game Pass, and Xbox and PC. Very awesome looking action single player game. Okay. starring a very badass-looking chick. Like, she's, like, attacking things with an axe, and I think she has a familiar a little animal that follows her around. So, 
Okay. Look neat. Hollow Knight Silk Song was confirmed for Game Pass Day One. Cool. Most of these were Game Pass Day One. In fact, the thing that was notable about the Xbox showcase is all the games they showed can be played over the next rolling year. Mm. From now to 12 months out, all these games are going to come out at some time. Okay. They did a showcase on Diablo 4. It's looking real nice. It's open mm-hmm. world. It's coming out in 2023. I'm still on the fence about whether or not to support Activision Blizzard. They are getting acquired by Microsoft, and I feel like either way, Bobby Kotick is getting that golden parachute, so it doesn't really matter mm. if I boycott them at this point. So mm. I don't know. I'm going to do some thinking on that, but for a while, I was just refusing to buy their games. Diablo right. 4 is looking amazing, though. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> it looks amazing. Wolong Fallen Dynasty. This looks like it might be the spiritual successor to Dynasty Warriors. Okay. It had a lot of imagery of famous characters you would see from the Three Kingdoms era. So definitely check out the trailer if you're interested at all, especially if you go back to play some of those games I talked about and you're a fan. Okay. Um, it's coming out for Xbox, PlayStation, and PC early 2023, and it's going to drop day one on Game Pass for PC and Xbox. And I am here for it. I'm really excited. You didn't even see a whole lot of gameplay, but it just looked interesting aesthetically. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be keeping my eye on that. There was a first-person adventure action game called Scorn. School. <laughs> it looked very HR Geiger esque. Like it was a very, you know, machine and body horror type thing, like an FPS in hell. Like, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Clive Barker esque, I guess. Um, it's mm-hmm. coming out this October, the 21st. Both game passes. I'm not sure if it's multi platform or not, but it's, a lot of these games could be. Unless, of course, they're first party, like Bethesda. Speaking of mm-hmm. which. The executive Bethesda, Pete Hines, came out to discuss some of their games. He gave us further insight into Redfall, which is the open world co-op shooter where you're fighting vampires. He discussed Mm -hmm. how the game blends the classic Arcane Studios feeling with multiplayer elements. So you can play individually or like, you know, do the story by yourself. But there's a lot of cool stuff to do in co-op and it blends really well. Story mm-hmm. progress is actually going to be tied to whoever hosts the co-op, which, you know, mm-hmm. that's that makes sense. Yeah. He discussed what's new in Fallout 76. I don't care. No <laughs> shade against those who like the game. It's just they mucked up the launch so much. And then I heard recently that it was made by doing horrible crunch with the employees, which I am not surprised by. Mm. Starfield was shown at the very end of the showcase. And wow. Yeah. Super excited about this. Mm-hmm. I don't think when Derek and I were talking about it, he wasn't super wowed. But I mean, this is basically Skyrim in space. <laughs> right. Or no man's sky. But yes, exactly. You can't really fly out in space. I heard you can fly out in space and go to different galaxies and every I think there was like 100 galaxies and all of them. You could go on every single planet in the galaxy and explore if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like infinite planets like No Man's Sky, but it was a ton more than I think you would reasonably need to explore. Right. But on top of that, the game was still packed with content, you know, like it showed off combat exploration story and dialogue even the leveling systems were like intricate and complicated and awesome looking i mean it it felt like all the classic things that you love about bethesda games like fallout and all that and skyrim Mm -hmm. packed with like this new kind of space ip i wish it was on ps5 yeah 
unfortunately <sighs> it's not so i'm obviously happy because i have a series x and i'm going to be getting it day one on game pass but i don't want to rub it in too much of the folks that <laughs> next <time. laughs> if you want me to even if it's awesome when it comes out i can tell you it sucks <laughs> we also had a, it looks like a, a trailer for naraka blade point mm-hmm it looks to be like a large free-for-all battle royale, but with 3D action fighting. So you're like all mm-hmm. like doing complicated, you know, fighting one-on-one or in, in groups. And it was interesting. You can upload custom faces into the game. So you can basically make your character look exactly like you. <laughs> How, it, it, and it actually works because, you know, sometimes that mechanic don't really work in certain games. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I haven't seen it in action, but that's the rumor. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's like preset or you can make your own, but they did an example where they put Phil Spencer in the game and it looks pretty good. So, okay. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like it drops on Xbox one and series X and S on June 23rd. So people will be able to check it out pretty soon. And of course mm-hmm. it's on game pass. Okay. Obsidian dropped information about grounded, which is that honey. I shrunk the kids style survival game. Yeah. And it's been in early access for like two years, but it's finally officially launching in September. So, okay. Good stuff. I, I want to get down. Well, I can't, but yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it's not because of their deal with Xbox, I think that is Xbox exclusive, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. But this one might not be. You might want to look into this one High on Life. High on Life. Uh, I heard of this one. Yep. Developed by um, Squatch Games and from Rick and Morty. That's right. Justin Roiland. Yep. Justin Roiland talked about how this was his dream game, and he summed it up as Blade Runner meets the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, you, you pick up these guns that are sentient, and they talk to you. Like, one of them is voiced by J.B. Smoove, and it was really mm-hmm. funny. <laughs> and luckily, it's coming out pretty soon. It should drop in October. So Okay. It's on Game Pass Day 1, and, and you can check to see if it's multi-platform. I'm not sure if it is. Hopefully, it is. Okay. Dusk Falls, coming from developer Interior Night, they call it a social experience game. Mm-hmm. They wanted to, I guess, get the feel of a TV show like Breaking Bad or Fargo and have an interactive story with the power of video games behind it. It's coming mm-hmm. out next month on the 19th. It's going to be dropping day one on Game Pass. And it's just one of those kind of choose-your-own-adventure style drama games with, like, really wildly crazy outcomes. And mm-hmm. it looks interesting. I'm, I'm going to definitely check it out. I think it might be a good time, especially if you play it in a group. So. Okay. Forza 5 is getting a Hot Wheels DLC update. I think it's free. And it looked like just a bunch of wild Hot Wheels tracks and, and cars, but, like, set in the open world map of Forza Horizon 5. Looked awesome. Oh, that sounds cool. They mentioned they'll be the most extreme tracks yet seen in Forza, and it comes along with a brand new campaign. So, good stuff. Also, for those who like more realistic driving games, Forza Motorsport is coming spring 2023. Mm. And the last thing that I found of note, Hideo Kojima announced that he is partnering with Xbox Game Studios to make his next game. Did not give any details on it. Mm. <laughs> But we, we talked about this rumor last week. I think he's making a horror game because there was some information about a horror game that Kojima Studios was working on that was leaked and then like rescinded. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I think it would be really neat to see. I'm tempering my expectations just a little bit because of the social experiment that was Death Stranding. I don't, I, 
unlike some folks, I don't think Death Stranding was completely devoid of any kind of merit. Mm-hmm. And there's parts of that game that kind of still stick to my ribs, even to this day. But it's not a game I'm like itching to go back to, like the previous titles he's made with Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. Same with me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but because of his history of how awesome Metal Gear has been in the past and how much that has influenced, you know, my taste in games and gaming in general, I'm still really excited to see what this new project is. Mm-hmm. So. But Death Stranding was those type of games where it was very unique and the story driven. Yeah, yeah, Death Stranding, I think what turned a lot of people off, is, especially, you know, in the beginning, is just how front-loaded and frustrating the, the difficulty of the gameplay was. Mm-hmm. You know, like, once you get past that first map, it kind of opens up and gets easier, and then you start to see the beauty of it. You know, like, right. all these players working together. The, like, I got really obsessed with building roads, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then the more I put into things, the more things seem to pop up around me, like more of those zip line stations Mm -hmm. and things like that. And then I found that like other players' buildings were coming into my world, and then it was just easier for me to get along. And I feel like the director's cut streamlined that even more, so I've been kind of low-key interested in playing it. But again, for people who hate it and are really frustrated with it, I totally get it. I totally get it, because there were Mm -hmm. times where I was like, why, Kojima, why? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, I think whew, that was so much news. <laughs> can you can you hear the scratchiness in my voice? I tried so hard to get through it all. Oh mm-hmm. my god! I thought about not doing the episode this week, but I was like, it's gonna be like three hours next week of all the shit that we need to talk about. Yeah. But folks, look forward to next week because Derek got himself PlayStation Plus Premium, and he has thoughts. So he's willing to drop those. He was gonna drop oh, them nice. today, but yeah, we'll do it next week, and look forward to that. Before we drop off and finish up the episode, GP, I have one question for you, my friend, my honorary co-host with the co-most. Yes, sir. This week, what you feeling? I'm feeling The Floor is Lava. It's a Netflix game show. A Netflix game show. Mm-hmm, where you're in a teams competing against other teams where you traverse through this lava-like floor, slime, water. I don't know what you, what it is exactly, but you're traversing through the walls of this confined obstacle course. Mm-hmm. It's a game show host that's trying to tell you how to get to the other side, three people at a time. I want to be on the show. Really? I, I really want to be on the show. Yeah. It, it looks that fun, huh? It looks that fun. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I'll have to check it out. So mm-hmm. uh, are there like prizes involved? Like what what are you competing for? You competed for ten grand. You had to do one obstacle course, and then the quickest time, or if any of the other teams, you know, fall into the lava, mm-hmm. whoever's the last two contestants, they go to the finals. Oh, okay. And it's, you Good. go up this huge slime lava mountain. It's kind of like um, what's that little game show when you was a kid? Guts. Guts. Yeah. Yeah, the aggro crag. At the end, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. Do you get to take home a piece of the aggro crack? <laughs> you you take home you take home a trophy that's like a lava lamp. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the idea of giving a small cash prize like ten thousand. Um mm-hmm. that some folks are like small, but I mean I'm I'm a grown man. Ten thousand maybe pays bills <laughs> for a month or two. You know what I mean? Like right, right. Mm-hmm. it's not that deal. But if you're on a game show and the prize is like five million and you lose, like that's devastating. You're like, that right. could have changed yeah. my life. Yeah. yeah. But if you're on this game show, whether you win or lose, it sounds like you'd still have fun. You know what I mean? Then you're in and teams, so it's like you gotta split that little ten thousand. Like, oh, they don't give yeah. you ten thousand each? 
No. I don't Get think the so. hell out of here. That's gross. <laughs> now I'm mad again. <laughs> oh, I don't want to watch this show. That'll even cover my plane ticket, you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I have to check just that a, show it's out. Just, just to watch it, it seemed like I just, me and AD could be on that show and just crack up laughing if each other fall into the lava. Just, yeah. I don't know. I just, just the thought of playing that type of game. Not the, actually for the cash prize, just to be on it. So, yeah, just to have fun with it. Yeah, that, that sounds yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll check that out. All right, well, folks, that is a show, and a we're going to be right back after this brief ad. Please don't go nowhere, because I want you to know where you can find more of what GP do right after this. And we're back. GP. Yes, yes, yes. I want you to call it like you do see it and tell mm. the folks out there where they can find you and all the wonderful things that you do. All right, you can catch us at Twitter at Call Like I Don't, Instagram at Call Like I Don't See It, and Facebook at Call Like I Don't Pod. Awesome. And for folks out there who aren't familiar, what what are they coming to your show for? What are they going to get when they listen to an episode of Call Like I Don't See It? They're going to get weird stories, us being mad about... Calling it out, calling it out, just being mad about any little nitpick things that that goes on in our lives. News, entertainment news, movie reviews, TV show reviews, and positive chakra. Where we give you a great quote similar to deep thoughts, y'all's deep thoughts. That's that's how we got inspired to do it. (laughs) We should, we should have. Damn, we should have did a a deep thoughts this week. That'd be perfect timing. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have a favorite video game quote? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's do an honorary deep thoughts of player two, and uh, I'll let you go ahead and read off the quote, GP. Give us the deep thought. Okay. No matter what, you keep fighting something to fight for. No matter what, you keep finding something to fight for. Who said that? Joel. Joel from The Last Mm -hmm. of Us. Joel from The Last of Us. That does sound like something that that character would say. Uh, considering right. the opening of that game and everything he went through. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he ain't going to say it, who is? Right. I feel it, he too. probably the only one who will say it. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that is the deep thought with Player 2 Player this two. week. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right, so that was, that was a mini deep thoughts of Player 2. Thank you for that. And folks, don't forget, we upload episodes of our show every single Sunday. Wait a second. We're changing it up. Mm. So I'm going to be putting this on the socials because sometimes people just skip the the outro and I totally get it. Uh, But we're going to start uploading episodes to our hub at anchor.fm slash player two and center the pod every single Friday. Yeah. Because things are opening up, and we, we like the nightlife, we like to boogie, and we find <laughs> that if we record on Friday nights, we can't go out and party. So gotcha. <laughs> we're going to record on Thursdays, and we're going to upload on Friday for you guys moving forward. So be on the lookout for that wherever you prefer to listen to your podcast. Okay. Uh, we're on all of those platforms, including Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can find us on all the social medias. TikTok.com slash Player 2 is near the pod. Facebook.com slash Player 2 is near the pod. YouTube.com slash Player 2 is near the podcast. Subscribe, follow, rate, like, review, comment, share. All the things really helps us out. 
find Call It Like I Don't See It. Do the same for them. It's free, and we super appreciate it. If you really want to help us out, we have a patreon.com slash player two is near the pod. Shout out to our patron, Jordan. We appreciate you, sir. And if you want to contact us, you can email us at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. If you have listener questions, guest suggestions, feedback, etc. All right. That's the show. That's the show. I like to take a special shout out to UGP and AD and the Call Like I Don't See It podcast. Thank you so much for joining me as my special honorary co-host today. No problem. No problem. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. And for those who came out to listen to us, we appreciate you and we love you and we will see you hopefully this Friday. Take care. Peace.